You've scanned the headlines, read the articles, and liked the posts. Now listen to the experts themselves in the Future of Work podcast, presented by allwork.space. Are you ready? Welcome to the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. I'm Ceci Amador de San Jose, and today I'm looking forward to talking with Kara Hogenson about the evolution of employee benefits as organizations plan to embrace a more hybrid work model and how leadership can think through a recalibration for a continued COVID-19 world. Kara, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Ceci. I'm looking forward to our discussion. For those of you not familiar with Kara, Kara is a senior vice president with Principal Financial Group. She's in charge of specialty benefits for U.S. insurance solutions, and she's responsible for group benefits, a business area that she previously led as vice president, as well as the individual disability income business line and the sales compensation administration area. So Kara, I just want to jump right into this and what are you observing regarding benefits in COVID-19? I'm pretty sure there's a lot of talk, a lot of changes coming. Uh, what have you observed from organizations? What input are you getting from them, from the workers? Absolutely. And you are spot on in terms of there is a lot going on as employers think about how best to support their employees during this unprecedented time. We are trying to do our best as a company to stay in tune with their thinking. And so employers are seeing that their employees are stressed and overwhelmed. And that's coming from additional family and caregiving responsibilities. They're also concerned as a result of the economic environment. Are there going to be impacts to pay the work hours that they may have um, you know, to uh, complete the work or, you know, sources of income, particularly if someone's in a position where they require or base their income on commissions and tips. There's also just, you know, the environment and the stress that comes in living in, you know, COVID-19, a, a global pandemic. And so in light of this and, and many other factors, we are seeing different ways and an increased interest in employers, how they um, are trying to take care of their employees. What are some of these new ways and different changes of employers taking care of their employees? I know that uh, Principal Group recently published uh, some results on the well on well-being and employees' stress and burnout. Do you think there will be an increased focus on kind of like well-being benefits? And if so, what kind of shape or what will these benefits look like, in your opinion? Absolutely. I, you're absolutely right. We did just release um, our well-being index, and and we actually um, had had taken the temperature of businesses in the United States in June, and then just recently did that same thing in September. So we have the opportunity to kind of see how employers are thinking differently or not um, over that three-month time frame. And again, you highlighted one of the key things that we're seeing come from this most recent research. There is a significant increase. In fact, 32% um, of employers um, indicate that they are interested in 
providing mental health and well-being programs to their employees in light of those stressors that we just talked about a couple of minutes ago. You know, I think the way that those programs are going to be designed is going to vary by the particular employer and the needs of their particular employees. At this time, I think it's so important that employers remain in touch with how their employees are feeling. What are the root causes of the stress um, or the anxiety that those employees may be feeling? And then the employer to work with their financial professional or their trusted contacts or service providers directly to really have a conversation around in light of what those stressors are and those root causes, what type of program makes sense. It could be access to kind of more of a traditional um, employee assistance program. It could be um, more flexibility than the employer has already put in place in response to the pandemic. It could be, you know, types of, of perks or additional time off. Um, there's just a, a whole variety of, of things that employers can do based on what their employees need and based on kind of the state of the business itself. I think it's great that there will be a lot more focus on the well-being of employees. And I agree that there are definitely different stressors right now. Um, one of the things that I think will change a lot is like the benefits is the fact that a lot of people will be working remotely on a more permanent basis, even if not full time. How will this change the benefits landscape? Uh, because I'm assuming a lot of the kind of like perks that came with the office, they will in some way need to be translated into the home environment or remote working environments. What are some ways that you think organizations will be able to provide benefits that take better care of workers that will be transitioning from in-office to remote work arrangements? Certainly, great question. I, there are some benefits that um, you know really are not going to look any different, whether an individual is working in the office or working remotely. Now, how they go about accessing those benefits, particularly during an annual open enrollment, which many companies do about this time of year, that may look different. That traditional face-to-face -face meeting that many companies have used in the past in order to make sure employees understand the benefits available to them and um, talk them through how to make any changes that they want to make in light of you know, their personal circumstances, that probably is going to look different and, and have much more of a, it's going to be virtual, whether it's a Zoom meeting or whether, you know, it's, it's accessed through an app, um, all of that to make sure that they can still receive that same information. But underlying that, when you think about vision and dental um, insurance, as you think about um, other types of uh, your medical decisions uh, for your medical insurance, all of that, I think, is, is going to remain consistent regardless of where you're working. It's the things like, um, you know, uh, the social aspects. So, you know, some employers, one of the perks of their workplace may have been to provide um, meals during working hours. And while we're still seeing in our recent surveys that employers are aiming to do that, 
how you go about doing that at this point in time is probably different. Trying to leverage outdoor settings, maybe instead of indoor settings, doing prepackaged meals, things like that. Um, but one of the biggest things I'm guessing many of us virtually all of us have experienced is the, the social aspect and leveraging technology for that. So the Zoom happy hours, the Zoom coffees, all of that to try and keep people engaged. There's also, you know, non-cash gifts um, that employers are trying to provide employees and make sure that they um, are feeling valued, recognized, and acknowledged. You know, one example I can provide is I'm aware of a leader whose employees lived in roughly the same geographic area. And so she took part of her day and, and delivered them baked goods um, at their house, um, just as a way to say thank you for the extraordinary effort that they were putting in, in during the pandemic. And it was a great chance to connect, you know, safely, um, from from each other, but at the same point in time to to reconnect after not having actually been face to face after a period of time, and it's gestures like that that carry so much meaning and have can have such a positive impact during these uh, times that we're we're navigating our way through. So you know, in summary, I think there's some changes that will take place um, to benefits, but there's there's other things that will remain the same. Just how you go about accessing them might be different. That completely makes sense, and that's a really sweet story. Um, and I agree that organizations and leaders, in particular, will kind of need to get creative uh, to figure out ways to keep employees engaged, particularly. I think that at the beginning, everyone was kind of um, more pumped and motivated. We all thought it was going to be a shorter term issue, working from home, working by ourselves. But now as the months have gone by, I feel like it's getting harder for people to keep that engagement up. And so I think it's definitely something that leaders will need to focus on. And you were talking about the social aspect of the office, and that's something that I've been reading a lot about, um, that that's mostly what people miss from the office is that social aspect. And so finding ways to incorporate that into benefits programs, into the day-to-day work, I mean, to the day, daily workday of people will be super important. And then I know that in your latest research, uh, you found that most small businesses aren't looking to make changes to their benefits programs. Do you think this is something that's only happening at a small business level? Do you think larger organizations share that thought? Um, Or do you think this will change now as the situation kind of like continues to be so unprecedented? Great question. And As we went out and gathered input as part of our research, we took a look at employers that had everywhere from two employees up to 10,000 employees and really were not seeing a significant difference in terms of the degree to which different sized employers are looking to make changes to their benefits programs. Um, And when I say make changes, looking to maybe take away benefits, they are still just a tremendous recognition that benefit programs are a valuable and a key way that employers attract and retain 
talented people to ultimately support their business. And so I think we're going to see changes like we talked about in terms of how we access benefits, maybe some different types of, of perks. There might be some, some changes in the level of employer contribution to support benefits relative to the amount that employees contribute to those, those benefits. Um, but ultimately, that benefit um, offering is going to remain a significant component of the overall total compensation that an employer offers, regardless of the size of employer in question. Speaking about the employees and kind of like what they will be looking at other than just compensation, uh, do you have information about kind of like the top benefits that employees are looking uh, forward to that they're expecting from their employers at the moment? Um, could be wellness uh, programs, income protection. I know that remote work used to be seen as a perk and a benefit, but I think that's kind of like more of expected now. In your experience and from what you've observed, what are employees currently asking for in terms of benefits? Sure. We do um, see that there, there continues to be a strong interest in healthcare. Um, offering some sort of healthcare benefit is really table stakes for employers to attract and retain top talent at this point in time. What we also are seeing, though, is that employees are more aware of the risk that, that exists for their own um, livelihood that they may encounter a situation where they're not able to work for a period of time because they have an accident or they become sick. Um, and I think that's just, um, an, on the one hand, it's so unfortunate that many, maybe all of us know at least one person that has been directly impacted by COVID-19. You know, one of the, the benefits, if you can call it that, coming out of this experience is that, that people are more aware of the fact that, you know, life can be, can be very fragile and, and fleeting. And so what options do each of us have to help protect our families to um, have the income that they'll need if the, the working individuals in that household aren't able to work for a period of time or in the you know really unfortunate situation where maybe a loved one is away. So we're seeing an increased interest and awareness around income protection benefits as well as life insurance benefits that are available through the workplace. You know, that's one of the big things that we, we see on um, as a result of this current experience. Those would probably be the, the healthcare income and life insurance are probably the, the top ones that I would highlight it at this point in time. But again, it's always so important to stay in tune with the particular employees at any particular business to really understand what's most important to them and what's going to help them achieve financial security. You just touched up on a point that I think is very important, and it's that each employer should be 
um, tuned into the needs of their employees. What are some ways that employers can figure out and be better connected with their employees to see what their needs are, kind of like what they want, uh, what are they struggling with, how can organizations better adapt their benefits programs, but incorporate at the same time employees' thoughts and input into it? You know, again, I think it it goes back to every employer really understanding um, the best way to gather that, that input from their employee group. Certainly, it's much easier for smaller employees. If, if there's a business owner that has 15 employees, the ability for that business owner to actually have that personal relationship with each and every individual and have a conversation, you know, just um, ask how they're doing and what stressors they're facing right now and what things may help them address the concerns they have so that that employee each and every day can come to work, whether that be in an office or whether that be remotely and do their best work. Um, you know, certainly as employers uh, who are larger, that, that ability to have that personal relationship is a bit harder. That's where I think the leaders that are working most closely with those employees can have those more one-on-one um, -on -one type conversations to gather that same type of information. But tools like taking pulse surveys or having small group discussions, um, those become really important so that you can gather the, the collective feedback and a representative set of feedback from the employee group in order to inform the, the decision making that a company wants to or needs to make to keep their benefit program relevant. Perfect. And I agree that once the, the larger an organization, the the more challenging it can become to develop a very uh, robust benefits package that would cater to the different needs of, of employees. And that's another question I wanted to ask you. I'm assuming that the kind of like demands, needs, and wants of employees change depending on their age, their family situation, their living situation. How can organizations create benefits packages that are more flexible instead of saying this is the benefits package that we offer everyone? Um, what are some tools and resources that organizations can use to kind of like provide more customizable packages? Is that something that you're observing that companies are willing to do? Or is this something that is still not taking place yet? No, it absolutely is taking place, and I think that that's something that will will continue. Um, it is it is so important because every employee at any one company has a different set of circumstances, and so you know a 25 year old individual that um, is living on their own has a different set of needs than an individual that has a partner and two kiddos under the age of 18 living in the same household. And so, you know, really it is within the overall benefit program, taking a look at um, each of those benefit offerings and thinking about what degree of flexibility makes sense. So for example, if we think about something like life insurance protection, one of those things that is certainly getting more interest in light of the pandemic, you know, there can be a certain level of, and often is a certain level of life insurance protection that the employer will pay for. 
And then there's the optionality for the individual employee to purchase additional levels of coverage based on, you know, his or her particular circumstances. Someone that is is younger and doesn't have a family probably has less need at that point in time and doesn't have a lot of, of debt. You know, it probably doesn't have as much need as an individual that does have dependents and, and a partner that they're trying to make sure are taken care of if something happens to the employee himself or herself. And so there's a process to go through. Um, in order to, you know, apply for that additional uh, protection, insurance protection during the, the enrollment period. Another example would be for the um, dental coverage, you know, certainly again, offering flexibility on the levels of coverage and who gets covered under a dental offering. That flexibility has existed in the marketplace for a number of years and will continue because it is really important as we use benefits to attract and retain talent, having a one-size-fits-all um, plan or benefit program overall isn't going to do much good for the employer in attracting and retaining that talent if the right level of flexibility um, doesn't exist to meet the broadest group of employees' need. Perfect. Thank you so much, Kara. And before we wrap this episode up. I wanted to ask if there's anything else that you would like to add. You know, we are um, very committed to the small to medium-sized business market and continue to see that businesses are um, finding ways to pivot and adapt their business models in order to survive and in some cases thrive during this set of you know, conditions that we all are living through. And I think as we talked about already, just, you know, really making sure to stay in tune with the perspectives of the employees that are coming into work each day and trying to do their best work for the benefit of the business and, and the customers of the business, making sure that we understand what is going to motivate them, what's going to help address that anxiety and the stressors that just naturally are inherent now, because our intersection of home and work is um, taking place in a way that it never has before. And people are feeling more isolated given remote work for so many people. And then the stressors of just trying to work as well as provide childcare or dependent care and homeschooling and the like. So really staying in tune with those employees and then designing a benefit program to help address those stressors. Employers are committed to taking care of their employees. That's wonderful to see. And um, there's lots of, of options out there on how best to go about doing that. Perfect. Thank you so much, Kara. And thank you everyone for tuning in once again to the Future of Work podcast. If it's impacting the future of work, it's in the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. Are you ready?